The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. In the North Towns, the snow is gone from yesterday. Kirk Apfel, meteorologist at the National Weather Service, joining us right now. It's a big weekend for a lot of people, Kirk. Two weekends before Christmas. And there's some weather changes to be aware of. What's going on? Uh, well, uh, the good news is we have a big warm-up coming. Uh, it's Today is going to be a fairly nice day. We're going to get up in the Buffalo area into the lower 50s. And tomorrow, even warmer, we're going to be up in the upper 50s, which is well above normal for this time of year. So uh, the weekend should get off to a good start. Yeah, hey, uh, I mean, that is quite the turnaround from the snow we were talking about just yesterday morning. Upper 50s tomorrow, I mean, is that really out of the ordinary? Are we going to approach a record? Oh, it's not quite uh, record territory, but still uh, pretty good. It's still uh, a solid uh, 15 uh, to uh, 20 degrees above normal for this time of year. So we, we will certainly take it in December. What about Sunday? What are we expecting then? Uh, Sure. Well, what we're going to have is some rain moving in on Saturday night and Sunday. And for the most part, Sunday is going to be just a rainy day, not quite as warm as Saturday, but still just all rain. Uh, Things go uh, downhill a little bit Sunday night. That rain will uh, change over to snow with maybe some minor accumulations for the Monday morning commute, but still a little bit early to pin down any exact amounts. Okay. Uh, Well, hey, warm up big time. Should we get used to this over the winter or is this like the last 60 we'll see or, you know, close to 60 maybe for a long time? Um, it's hard to say, but I can say our outlook uh, going out from 8 to 14 days is also for kind of things to hedge on the above normal. So at least for the foreseeable future, we don't see any real big cold, cool downs, although there will be periodic uh, shots of cold air. Is it too early to talk about whether it's going to be a white or green Christmas? Uh, it is. All I could tell you is climatology, which is a little better than a 50-50 chance of uh, of getting a white Christmas. All right. Hey, uh, Kirk, thanks so much. Kirk Apfel joining us, meteorologist with the National Weather Service, on what to expect this weekend. Well, the warm weather will be welcomed by many, but for people looking forward to winter activities, not so much. Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. While some can take advantage of open skates at indoor rinks all across western New York, there's nothing like the feeling of the brisk winter air hitting one's face at an outdoor ice rink. However, the western New York weather has not been favorable for many outdoor rinks to open for the public, which is especially the case this weekend with temperatures across the region approaching 60 degrees on Saturday. Obviously, with the weather these days, we're having a tough time maintaining the ice. Uh, The weather looks like it's going to get colder next week. As soon as we have a couple nights where it's freezing weather, we'll be out there making ice. That's Michael Schmond, executive director of Buffalo Place and operator of the Rotary Rink at Fountain Plaza downtown. The warm temperatures this Saturday will not allow for the ice to be available for skating when Buffalo Place holds its annual Christmas tree lighting celebration. At Ives Pond in the city of Tonawanda, Mayor John White says it's very difficult to maintain the ice when conditions are not favorable. And if the weather remains mild over the coming weeks, there unfortunately is the realistic possibility that the city would have to pull the plug on the the idea of opening the ice at all for the season. We've had winters where all of a sudden look at, we're already into late January, early February. We haven't had any successful freezing. We probably won't be able to do it this year. And we will make announcements. We will put out to the public that they probably wouldn't be opening this year due to the fact that Mother Nature is not being kind to us. More on the early struggles to open outdoor ice rinks in western New York is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton. 
thank you for that. The Bills are getting ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday at 425. Josh Allen and how the team is feeling after the bye week. Use it as a little bit of a reset, letting the body heal up a little bit. Obviously, there's been some bumps and bruises along the way, really both physically and mentally. I think it was the best time for this team and myself. You know, guys are eager to get back to work. We're, we're excited to be back here. We understand what's in front of us and what situation we're in, but we got a lot of guys in this locker room that are very excited to be back and very, very good feel in this locker room right now for what we need to do. It was off-the-field noise gathering headlines, though. I regretted mentioning 9-11 in my message that day, and I immediately apologized to the team. Not only was 9-11 a horrific event in our country's history, but a day that I lost a good family friend. Bills coach Sean McDermott yesterday responding to an article posted by NFL writer Tyler Dunn that said in a team meeting four years ago, McDermott cited the 9-11 hijackers as an example of coordination. And Von Miller declined to take questions at his locker a week after turning himself into police in a Dallas suburb after allegedly assaulting his girlfriend. Miller said, quote, not today. When approached by reporters in the first instance he's been seen, Miller's girlfriend has since claimed no assault occurred, calling the case, quote, insane. The Jewish community on high alert as Hanukkah gets underway, the FBI warning of a higher threat level. At the lighting of the National Menorah last night, Vice President Kamala Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff, who is Jewish, addressed the concerns. I know a lot of us are feeling unmoored. And afraid. Emhoff also condemned the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania, who, during a congressional hearing this week, appeared to put more value on free speech than condemning anti-Semitism. The controversy could cost the University of Pennsylvania big money. A top donor is now threatening to withdraw a $100 million gift. And here in western New York, the Shabbat House of Buffalo lit the first candle on its giant menorah outside Tops International on Maple Road in Amherst last night. You can see that uh, big display every holiday season and during Hanukkah, and uh, nice to have that back. It's 5.08 on WBEN. New charges against Hunter Biden, a grand jury indicting the president's son in his home state of California. Hunter Biden, accused of failing to pay at least $1.4 million in federal taxes while allegedly taking false deductions. Prosecutors claim he instead spent the money on drugs, escorts, luxury hotels, exotic cars, and clothing. If convicted, he could face 17 years in prison. If you have a no-time plea deal, that's something that you have to consider because really... This isn't a case that you can defend on the merits. Maybe you can hope for some sort of jury nullification, but, I mean, there's no question, at least according to the indictment, that Hunter Biden didn't pay taxes, that he had the ability to do so, and that he was writing off all sorts of expenses that weren't really business expenses. It's Nima Ramani, a former federal prosecutor, says Hunter Biden might want to cut a deal. The Federal Trade Commission is out with a warning to be careful about scanning QR codes. QR codes, those little jumbles of boxes that represent a link or other information, have become really popular in the last few years. It's a good reminder to always make sure you know who you're doing business with. And that doesn't just mean when you buy stuff. It means when you're handing over information. It means when you're clicking a link. Because unfortunately, as easy as technology has made a lot of our lives, it's also created these environments for scammers, grifters, and con artists to thrive. Ian Schur, CBS News. I'm always leery of them 
to begin with. And now they're everywhere. I mean, you watch TV and they're just like all over the screen. Yeah, I was going to say, he said became more popular. And I'm thinking like, well, QR code's been around for like a long time, but it surged recently. You have um, like it was popular and then it kind of faded away. And then when every restaurant was doing like the QR code uh, menu, now like people are more familiar with it. So you see them all over the place now. Could mean that the scam is back, yeah. I guess. The exclusive WBN 7 with a forecast calls for a pretty decent day by December standards for western New York. With clouds giving way to sunshine and a southerly breeze, the high temperature flirting with 50. For tonight, clouds will be on the increase once again. Temperatures will be dropping back into the low 40s with a southerly wind. And it's even milder for the day on Saturday with a high temperature in the mid-50s to near 60. Clouds will again thicken. The wind will freshen a bit out of the south. We'll see a couple of scattered showers by Sunday night, a soaking rain Sunday with highs in the upper 40s. With your exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. We're getting you ready for Bills and Chiefs Sunday, 425 kickoff. On the call will be Eric Wood, who joins us right now on the Trocare College live line. Uh, Eric, wow, a uh, lot's gone on in the past couple of weeks, even though there hasn't been a game to talk about surrounding the Bills. Uh, have to start with yesterday, certainly one of the strangest press conferences I can remember ever seeing across the league, where Sean McDermott addressing a report that he referenced the 9-11 hijackers in a meeting that happened four years ago. I, As a former player, something like this happens. It's out in the media, and it's to a point where the coach feels a need to address it. Does it get talked about? What, what exactly happens in the locker room? Yeah, Sean said he was going to address it with the team. Many of the guys on the team weren't on the team at the time. Sean apologized to the group for a regrettable decision. And beyond that, um, I don't have a whole lot of comment because I wasn't in the room. And, uh, you know, Coach came out yesterday and apologized for the situation. Yeah, and then he apologizes, expresses regret. Is it over, do you think? And does it, is it over for the team, too? Um, I would imagine with the team it is, I could imagine it's probably not over uh, in media circles. Well, it's not the only off-field drama there's been around the team during the bye week, of course, with Von Miller and his arrest outside of Dallas over the weekend. Now, here's another situation where what exactly happens inside of a locker room where you have an allegation against the team. It's a very serious allegation. It is still an allegation at this point, and he is somebody that you know presumably everybody in that room would know well and has some sort of relationship with. How are those things handled? Do people not bring it up? Are there private conversations that might go on? Yeah, this is a delicate conversation, and um, I, I never dealt with that, so um, I've, I've never been in the room uh, for something this serious going on within our team. So I, I don't know exactly, I'd imagine, uh, based upon Brandon Bean's comments that this is against, um, if, if it is true, this would be against what they have previously known Vaughn to be and the character that they've seen from him within the organization. So I'd imagine that people are trying to support him during this time um, and and just see how it plays out, which is difficult to say and what is very, very serious allegations. And then at the same time, they still have the business of playing five more games to try to make a push to the postseason. How hard is it to keep these things from becoming a distraction? 
Uh, it can be difficult at times, but you get used to compartmentalizing when you're playing in the NFL. And obviously, these are both serious issues and, and bigger issues and our, our national media stories. But uh, during the season, life doesn't go on hold. You know, you have family members that may be sick or maybe passed, or um, you have issues within your own families and own circles. And so you get used to compartmentalizing, but uh, it, it doesn't necessarily make it an easy thing throughout a season. I, uh, that's why I was struck, Eric, by listening to Josh Allen this week and the tone of his voice. Now, I might just be imagining things, but he seemed more enthusiastic, more energized, a, a little bit more chipper than we've heard him all throughout the year, which has kind of been like this noticeable change in tone for him. He kind of sounded like the Josh Allen from – one or two years ago, despite everything going on. Does that give you hope that there is some like turnaround that has happened over the past few weeks with this team? Yeah, it seems like the offense has been clicking the last couple of weeks, and Josh has been playing more freely. That's evident in the way that he's ran with the football, uh, some of his decisions, maybe uh, his attitude after scoring, maybe a little bit more energy on the sideline. So, yeah, it, it seems like, um, and this is not a shot at Dorsey, but under Joe Brady, he's played looser. And I'm not sure if that is an offensive coordinator thing or simply a, hey, our backs are against the wall. These are must-win games. The defense has a bunch of injuries, so the offense better show up uh, and let's bring it and play loose. What are you expecting from the Chiefs on Sunday? Yeah, Chiefs have some injuries, so it's going to be interesting to see because they have four starters uh, that have missed time in practice this week, including their left tackle, including their running back, starting middle linebacker, and starting safety. So uh, it could be some new faces over there for the Chiefs. Obviously, there are some familiar faces that we know will play in Patrick Mahomes, in Travis Kelsey. Chris Jones along their defensive line is excellent. They have two really good corners. Um, They're extremely well coached. I think Andy Reid does as good of a job of anyone on the offensive side of the football and leading a team. And then Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, he puts constant pressure on the other team's offense with his complexities, which becomes amplified when you're playing in Arrowhead Stadium and it becomes tough to communicate. So offensively, when you're playing against a team like that, you got to get early first downs within drives, get the crowd out of it a little bit, and then it becomes a lot easier to operate at the line of scrimmage. How long can they – because you look at the schedule and just about every game is a must-win. I mean, they could lose another game and still make the playoffs, but, you know, in reality, they've got must-win games every week from here on out. How long can you keep up with that intensity, or is it a different sort of approach when you know you got a tough road ahead? Yeah, I think you just handle it one week at a time and understand that, you know, essentially the playoffs are starting now. I believe I read it was – If the Bills win out, it's a 99% chance they make the playoffs. If they win four out of five, there's a 65% chance. You'd like to not leave it up to chance and win out, but there is still a chance if they drop one that they could make the postseason. But, you know, realistically, these guys understand that. And if the Bills win out and get in the postseason, they'll be likely the hottest team in all of football, which is a great position to be in. And if they don't, uh, it's a a missed opportunity in a year where – you know, the Chiefs look more beatable than maybe other years, and the Bengals lose Joe Burrow, and there's a number, another, a number of other, you know, quarterback, significant quarterback injuries in the AFC, so you'd really feel like you missed an opportunity. You know, on that, the Steelers lost last night, which that helps the Bills. Uh, the picture is changing in the AFC. We are seeing multiple teams now with backup quarterbacks. That has to be good for, for Buffalo. 
Yeah, you'd likely think so. I mean, the Colts have been playing better with their backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew, but they're sitting at 7-5. Obviously, you could see some regression there. The Browns, which were sitting in a playoff spot not long ago. Uh, Deshaun Watson out for the season. You mentioned Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrows out for the season. And so there's enough significant injuries uh, throughout the AFC uh, at the quarterback position that you could see some of these teams fall off. Um, C.J. Stroud in Houston has been playing excellent this season. Does he have some rookie regression towards the end of the season, especially without Tank Dell, one of his leading receivers, who's now out for the season, uh, which hurts my fantasy team as well. But, uh, no, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting picture. And if the Bills aren't able to go on a run, it's going to be one of those years where you're really looking back at a, a number of missed opportunities because – uh, realistically, the Bills could be sitting at a much better, better record right now without much changing. Which really hurts because, Eric, I don't know if I'm crazy or not in thinking this, but I've been telling people, I feel better about this team at this point this year than I did last year. Now, obviously, there's the whole and you know the question of if they will even make the playoffs, but if they get in, just based on, even with the loss last week, just based on the past last couple of weeks, I don't know. I I feel like they have it more than they might have at this point last year. Yeah, I mean, the injuries are more significant, especially on the defensive side of the football this year. And, you know, you don't have a healthy Von Miller, Tredavious White, Mamelano, and Daquan Jones. All being out, that's a huge blow. But now you've gotten a bunch of guys that have had experience. You get this late by in the season, so they're healthier on the defensive side of the football and in general than really they've been all year. Every participant on the injury report yesterday was a full participant in practice. And so you'd hope that based upon the experience they've gained with guys that have filled in based upon those injuries and guys getting healthier around them, that they're primed for a, a strong push here, and the offense has played great the last couple of weeks. Eric, thanks. We'll be listening Sunday. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Eric Wood, Bill's color analyst on the Trocair College live line here. You can hear him with Chris Brown, 425 on Sunday. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.